Hear elevated conversation on crucial issues. Boyd Matheson on Inside Sources. As we continue to keep our eye on all things China, and of course the congressional hearing got underway to kind of kick things off, and we're really pleased to have joining us on the show, Jamil Jaffers, the founder and executive director of the National Security Institute at George Mason University's Antonin Scalia Law School. Uh, Also important to note, we were on the Hill at the same time. He previously served as chief counsel and senior advisor to the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, among a a host of other things. And Jamil, thanks for joining us today. Absolutely, Boyd. Thanks for having me. Uh, so give us some perspective here. Obviously, we've had this uh, first prime time round uh, with the uh, China committee there in the House of Representatives. Give us uh, some perspective from your unique perch there of what are you watching for? Uh, what should we really be waking up to or, or being aware of as it relates to China? Well, it's a great question, Boyd. You know, one of the challenges I think that um, we have uh, on, when it comes to the China issue is how can uh, folks in Washington, particularly members of Congress who are out there uh, talking to their constituents every day, how do they convey to the American people the very real challenge that we face with China, both the economic threat and the national security threat? And, you know, I think, Boyd, in a lot of ways, the American people have started to, you know, understand what's going on. You've seen, obviously, during the pandemic, uh, the reliance that we have on China for that personal protective equipment, uh, for pharmaceutical precursors, for our vaccines and the like. Um, and then more recently, with the with the sort of very visual aspect of the Chinese spy balloon floating across the country from Montana all the way down uh, to off the coast of South Carolina, where it was shot down, I think that's really given the American people a tangible way to see some of the challenges with China. Uh, but you know, there's been a it's really part of a larger story. You know, for for over a decade and a half, Boyd, China has stolen American intellectual property. The very ingenuity that makes America so innovative and so productive as an economy has been going out the back door, billions of dollars a year, trillions of dollars in total, walking out the back door to China, being repurposed uh, by Chinese companies uh, to sell goods across the rest of the globe. And so that's been a real challenge uh, for our nation that hasn't been that public, but has been really draining our economy of of, of, vitality. Yeah, and that's uh, again, it's one of those that we don't we we kind of rumble about it every once in a while, but uh, at, those costs are so real and so significant, especially when it comes to the technology, copyrights, uh, all of those things. Uh, and to me, it's one of those interesting things to to look at as as Congress starts to hopefully get beyond the performative questions of uh, some of those committee hearings and and get to some real substantive pieces. Uh, it, it's interesting to me that China has some some real internal challenges. Uh, that we've got to to take a look at and be aware of. And uh, give us some sense of that, uh, whether it's uh, religious minorities, the Uyghurs we hear about every once in a while. Uh, But what are some of the challenges that China is facing at home that, again, the American people at least ought to be aware of? Well, you know, uh, Boyd, in a lot of ways, China has some very difficult demographic issues, right? They, for a long time, had that one-child policy where they prevented sort of the, the natural order of things from proceeding forward by government policy, um, and that's actually caused their economy to face significant challenges and will over the long run over the next 15, 20, 30 years. Beyond that, they've also got a population that's been repressed and oppressed, right? It's it's not just the one million Muslim Uyghurs that are in you know modern-day gulags in the Xinjiang province, right? It's also the, the assault they've made on, on other people of faith, Christians, Buddhists, um, you know, other practitioners – um, and, and then it's the way they've handled their people. You look at what just recently happened with their zero COVID policies and the the uprising of the Chinese people who are held back every day by the technological capabilities of the Chinese government, the aggressive surveillance state they have there, 
Um, and, you know, one of the real challenges, Boyd, with China is this repression is happening inside of China. There's their oppression of religious and ethnic minorities, their repression of dissent, and the like. The Chinese are now trying to export that repression across the globe. They're doing it in their own region with Taiwan, where they're flying fighter jets and bombers uh, in the Taiwanese airspace all the time. But they're also – they have this Belt and Road Initiative. It's a, it's, it masquerades as an economic development plan, but it's really designed to get Chinese companies into foreign countries, Africa, Latin America, mm-hmm. South America, um, you know, and, and really extract resources for the Chinese government, for the Chinese Communist Party. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Yeah, and that is uh, that is such a fascinating uh, thing, all of the efforts they're having, as you mentioned, in Africa, South America. Uh, and they also have some that are interesting. I love that you pointed this out in your piece at thehill.com, uh, even talking about things that, we may not think about like the NBA and and uh, making sure understanding that the NBA knows what the market is in in, uh, in China uh, and that they have to be careful about what they say even here in the United States. Well, you know that is actually a really shocking story there, Boyd. You know the the Chinese government, the Chinese Communist Party, has been so effective using their economic power to extract resources from the United States. When American companies go over there, they force them to partner with Chinese companies. They they force them to put their intellectual property there and steal it. But the NBA is a really interesting example, right? Here's a you know an American iconic institution, you know, um, you know one of the one of the first integrated institutions in our in our in our in our national economy. It was really you know a really powerful uh, motivating force uh, for young people, uh, both in, in the black community uh, as well as across the country. And and then you see the NBA kowtowing to Chinese pressure to suppress uh, uh, players, owners, you know, leadership members from saying things, talking the truth about China, telling, talking about the Chinese government's atrocious human rights record, um, and shutting off these people and cutting them down. I mean, it's it's astounding to watch this influence of a foreign government, the Chinese Communist Party, has over an American iconic institution. Um, it's, it's, and you know, frankly, I think the NBA deserves punishment from its fans. I think fans ought to speak out, um, and, 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 and demonstrate, uh, their, their concern about how the NBA is behaving, uh, you know, at the ticket, at the ticket counter. Uh, we have to have those uh, conversations in a in a very different way. And one of the things that the, that you pointed out in your piece is just this idea of we, we've got to have some real forward leaning, innovative policy ideas. Uh, and it seems to me that the administration is stuck kind of on this high level of of compete and align and invest, uh, which all sound like very nice uh, words. But you also have to have some strategy and some tactics. Uh, to deal with these things, both in terms of what's happening inside of China, but also what's happening everywhere else in the world where they're playing and having a tremendous influence. 
No, you're exactly right, Boyd. You know, one of the difficulties we have, you know, the, the administration, the president, talks a lot about how we want a competition with China. We don't want conflict. And, of course, that's true. No American wants to go to war with China um, or go to war over Taiwan. But the reality, Boyd, is that we are likely to avoid war when America is strong and leans forward, right? Mm. The world is a safer place. Americans are safer at home. Our economy is stronger when our allies trust us and our enemies fear us. And unfortunately today, right, three presidents in a row have taken the perspective that America needs to retreat from the world, Republicans and Democrats alike, right? America needs to focus here at home, which is absolutely true. But at the same time, we need to be present overseas because it's, it's by being strong friends for our allies and being firm opponents for our adversaries that we're less likely to get into a war. And so if China believes, right, and really can trust that the U.S. would actually come to Taiwan's aid and defend that nation militarily if need be, the likelihood of a war between China and Taiwan goes down dramatically. The likelihood of America being dragged into a larger-scale conflict goes down dramatically because, Boyd, countries like China, countries like Russia, they don't stop when they get one island. They don't stop when they get Crimea in Europe. They go after the next target, the target after that. It has been the history of, 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 world, of world politics and warfare, and the idea that we would pretend like that's not the case and just hope against hope that the Russians stop at Crimea, that the Syrians – you know, by being intimidated by the U.S. red line that we didn't enforce, would stop using chemical weapons against their own people, right? Or that, or that China could take Taiwan and not do something more. Those, that isn't reality. If the U.S. wants to be avoid being dragged into long-term wars, it's by being strong and capable militarily and being present that we can avoid that. Uh, I love that being present. I think that is so crucial because we do have to make sure we're communicating the right things to our allies, whether that's uh, Taiwan, whether it's people in that region, uh, whether it's in in Europe. Uh, Our allies and our enemies have to understand our presence and that we are functioning from a a position of strength. Uh, Jamil Jaffer is the founder and executive director of the National Security Institute at George Mason University's Antonin Scalia Law School. Uh, Great insight, and we look forward to having you back, Jamil. Uh, This is a conversation that is – not coming to an end, but is really just beginning. But we appreciate your perspective today. A great piece at thehill.com. Thanks for having me on, Blake. Big thanks to Jamil Jeffers. We're going to step aside for some bottom of the hour news. When we come back, we're going to talk about green energy. But the fact is, do we have the minerals and the capacity to produce what we need to be green? We're going to talk about it coming up next. Stick around. We'll be back on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio.